Hi, this is Bonnie Iris, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh-based hard rock, rock, heavy metal, and blues music. I'll be your host, John. Episode 18 of the Iron City Rocks podcast is a very special episode where I had a chance to speak to local legend Donnie Iris about his career with the Jaggers as a solo artist and also about his upcoming Boo Cruise show later on this month. Stay tuned after the interview for a chance to win tickets to that show. I hope you enjoy it. Legend Donnie Iris. Donnie, thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's an honor to get a chance to talk to you. Um, wanted to uh, get in touch with you. Uh, you've got a show coming up in the Pittsburgh area. I uh, believe it's what, next week, the 24th of October, the Boo Crew. Yeah, right. It's uh, uh, it's Saturday, uh, 24th of October on the Gateway Clipper for the uh, Halloween Cruise. I think they call it the Boo Cruise. And uh, uh, let's see, it's it's usually a really a lot of fun to 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 do that show because there's so many people out there in their Halloween garb, and it's uh, oh yeah, it's a treat to be there on that night. Yeah, I imagine you packed the boat pretty tight. That's that's excellent. Yeah, um, yeah that's a, definitely a good venue for us for sure for for many years now. Wonderful. Um, just to, to Bring people up. I think your your stature in the in the Pittsburgh community is is almost without saying. But just to kind of familiarize people, um, maybe younger people who haven't been around um, quite as long as I have and you have. Where you know, I I know you grew. Did you grow up in Elwood City? Yes, I did. Yeah, and um, let's see. I was there probably through my. Uh, uh, high school and college days and I came to live in Beaver Falls um probably in like the uh, late sixties or early seventies and I've been here ever since. But yeah, I did uh I did grow up in Elwood. Mm-hmm. Now did you um you take up the guitar? Is that your first instrument or I know you obviously yeah. singing singing at some point but uh was it, uh singing yeah, first on the guitar? I, I well I tried piano early on in uh you know, in grade school, I believe, or, or uh, junior high or something, and just, uh, you know, it just wasn't for me. And then later on in junior high was when I got my first guitar, and uh, 
started playing it then, put it down for a couple of years and didn't pick it back up until uh, I guess like when I was a sophomore in college and I started, uh, and that's when I really got into it and started to uh, learn how to uh, play guitar and accompany myself with the guitar while I was singing. So uh, that's, that's basically what the guitar was for me. Excellent. Now, who would you say, like, from a guitar standpoint, would have been an influence on on your style of playing? Like, I, I can. Well, I tell you what, Holly. I, well, you know what? Yeah, those guys always had that kind of, uh, uh, you know, accompaniment instrument. That uh, the way I look at the guitar, but um, you know, I, I started really getting into uh, great guitar players, and and uh, even during the the sixties with. Uh, with guys like Steve Cropper that came out of um, out of the South and played for Booker, Booker mm-hmm. G and the MG, starting with guys like that, and then on into the Beatles and Hendrix and all those guys, and you know, uh, loved the way they all played too. But yeah, you're right. Back in the back in those days, the the Buddy Holly type of thing was was the uh, the thing for me. Yeah, I often I, I think. Even Paul McCartney said if it wasn't for Buddy Holly, there would have been no Beatles. And I don't think his his influence kind of was overshadowed. Um, yeah, yeah, he was definitely. He had a lot of great songs, a lot of a uh, lot of good records. Yeah. Um, you your first band was the Jaggers, or that was just kind of your first commercially successful? Band? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Jaggers was probably. I mean, that was the first really uh, professional band that. That I had been in, we decided to just do that and do that for a living. Uh, before that, I was in uh, you know a couple of different bands, but uh, just for uh, you know for more or less entertainment purposes than anything else. Yeah. We got into it full time with the Jaggers back in yeah. probably that had to be around 1964, maybe 65, something okay. along that along those lines. And, and you guys and, obviously uh, yeah, had a what's that? You obviously had a huge hit with the, the rapper. Now, were you yeah, involved yeah. in the song? Were you involved with songwriting <laughs> at that point? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote the song back in um, in '69. We recorded it in late '69. It became a hit in '70. So, uh, okay. yeah, that was a song that I had written back then. Wonderful. So that's good. That'll probably still pay dividends today. And then you, you were with them. Hello. And then you were in Wild Cherry. Am I correct in that? Yeah, you? yeah. I joined the band um, probably a year or two later uh, after the uh, Play That Funky Music was such a big hit. Okay. Um, I, I joined them later. A couple of the guys left the band, and uh, and I joined them later because I, I was doing a I was doing a uh, a record with them in New Brighton at Jerry's Studio where we did all of our you know, Aaliyah and Love Is Like a Rock and all those tunes. Um, we were, were doing a session. I was I was behind the board, uh, you know, helping with the, uh, the recording. And uh, this was in, in between gigs for me. And um, the leader of that band asked me to join them, to go on tour with them as a um, rhythm guitarist and backup singer. And mm-hmm. um, I guess that was probably... Well, whatever a year or two after play that funky music, White Boy was a hit. Right. So, so uh, yeah, I was with them for about uh, a year and a half or two years. Yeah. So at this point in your career, you kind of had the Midas touch. You were you were going, uh, and then you went solo and and right out of the gate 
had a hit with Aliyah. That was in what 1980, probably in the ballpark. Yeah, I, I think that's a good ballpark. Probably more like 81, John. I'm not positive. I think it was 81. Yeah, it's it's been a, a few years for me too. Um, mm-hmm. And that album uh, that was back on the streets, and then King Cool came out following year. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, at this point, um, which had Love is Like a Rock, um, okay. were you were you playing? I mean, were you playing like nationwide at that point? Uh, yeah, yeah. With the first album, we went out. Um, we had gone on a, on a national tour. We had done some uh, some small clubs to begin with, and then we started touring with um, uh, you know people like. Uh, uh, Lover Boy and Hollow Notes and and okay. and a few others and so we had gone on the road with them with, in bigger shows opening for groups like that throughout the uh, probably like the mid eighties or the yeah the, the like around eighty three or something like that um, okay. so yeah we toured with the first record and then, and then again with uh, King Cool okay I think a, a lot of people in the Pittsburgh area myself included never really put a lot of thought into, you know, who you're touring with because we always have the luxury of kind of seeing you whenever. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, right. I hear you. And um so you guys you guys kinda of had a pretty good run until was it about eighty five or so? When I think yeah. uh, a couple of the guys left the van. Yeah, that's about right. Right around in there uh I think it was around eighty five or eighty six. But uh the drummer left the band and the uh bass player had left the band. Because at that point, I mean, after Love is Like a Rock and all those tunes, we, we just, uh, I guess we hit a brick wall in trying to get, uh, you know, anything uh, out there again that that uh, hopefully would be a hit. And uh, yeah. so it started to get to a point where they wanted to do other things. And uh, we pretty much, you know, just uh, got a couple other guys and kept, and kept playing and, uh, you know, still doing it today. So as a matter of fact, the original drummer is back with us again. He's Probably been okay. for the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it seemed like kind of a lot of the bands that were of, you know, even bands like Loverboy and you mentioned and stuff, right around the mid 80s when MTV kind of broke wide open. A yeah, lot of that yeah. you know, didn't necessarily <clears throat> translate to MTV for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. some really god awful bands came out of nowhere <laughs> and became huge on MTV. Yeah, yeah and, I know. There was some wild stuff going on at that time. Yeah, MC, uh, uh, MTV was definitely in its infancy when we uh, when we, we I think our first thing on there might have been uh, the uh, video of Leah or Agnes or or, or both. I don't remember, but uh, after that, then they did uh, they put a live version of Love's Like a Rock on MTV. So yeah, I we remember. A, I remember the I remember the video for Agnes. Yeah, do you remember that? You're you're one of the few. I mean, I've gone on YouTube and I haven't. I've seen almost all the other videos that we've done, but I haven't seen anybody to put one on there for Agnes because there was one for that for that song as well, but I've never yeah, seen I, it on YouTube. I, I was a bit of an junkie at the time, so you know, and it was always like, yeah. wow, the guys on you know on TV. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um. You you've been you had an album out just a couple of years ago, Elwood City. Am I correct? Yes. Uh-huh. A few years in. Do yes, you have probably any been. Uh, pardon me. I was going to say probably about oh six. 
of seven somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, about three years ago. You're right. So uh, yeah, it would have been around oh six or oh seven. And um, yeah, go ahead if you if you wanted to follow up with that. I'm sorry. I was going to say, do you still tour? Like when you put out a new album, do you typically take it in the Midwest or or do you just kind of keep no. it or local? No, now? we yeah we've we've been doing stuff just for our fan base. Really, we haven't uh, uh, we haven't talked to anybody about anything else other than you know within like uh, uh, within the Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Youngstown, Johnstown areas. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. We haven't. Haven't really pursued any road trips or tours, and, and it's because I think you know pretty much we don't really want to at this time. We're having a lot of fun doing things the way we're doing it now, and relaxing yeah. and going into the studio in a relaxed manner rather than having to, you know, yeah, follow you, up with this and that. It, it's been very cool. Yeah, at this point, I think you've earned the right to just kind of do it on your own terms, and you know, not have to <laughs> sleep on buses and Howard Johnsons and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's really cool about it is we're still able to go in and uh you know, have fun with it and then have have those things ready for uh you know, for the fans whenever uh you know, whenever we feel that the time is right to do it again. And we're already talking about doing another one, so I don't know when that'll happen, but um, you know, we're starting to get the itch to go back in there. Now, do you still work out of the same studio up there, or do you have your own kind of equipment? Uh, no, we've uh, we discovered a studio right outside of Cleveland, near Streetsboro, called okay. uh, Mars Studio. Okay. It's out, uh, yeah, it's out in the country, like, and it's uh, there's there's not much around it, and it's a uh, it's just a great sounding studio. We we love it there. It's uh, it's got an old. Uh, it's got an old board there, mixing board that came from England from the uh, late 80s, I believe. An old uh, Neve board, I think it's called. But it's just a great sounding studio. We like, we like the guy that we're working with there, and it's just been a great uh, uh, a, a great find since we stopped doing stuff at Jerry's in New Brighton. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, I think... You certainly got the the, the fan base in, in this area, you know, that it would gobble up in a CD. Do you think with the internet and the advent of like the, the MP3s and the iTunes of the world help the Donny Iris distribution, or is it more of a hassle? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's been uh, I think it's been great for us. Um, uh, all the new technology really, I think, is helping uh, bands like us as well as bands that never get heard before you know it's just like uh uh yeah and it's great for these yeah the new bands that don't have to always depend on a big record label anymore i mean it's it's uh i love the new tech technology for all this yeah i i fear that the big record labels aren't going to be able to survive in, in... yeah yeah i mean that's that's uh that's that's a good point it, it this uh they're I, I don't know how much how much they're needed anymore i mean they're always going to you know, promote and and make tons of money with the with the, with the huge bands, but the other ones yeah. that are like under the radar, they're they're the ones that are benefiting a lot from all this. I, I th- you know, you look back to the way it was, you know, when your solo career started, and you know, so many bands, you know, could could spit out a half a million albums in, in the span of a couple months, and now, yeah, you know, it, it takes forever if an album does go platinum. That isn't Miley Cyrus. It takes forever for it to happen. 
you know, yeah. with the exceptions of, of a rare Metallica. Exactly, exactly. You know, yep. you, know you look at Agreed. the giant bands now that, you know, I think Kiss's album sold only like 108,000 last week. That's enough uh, to almost almost be number one, but, you know, 20 years ago, wow. they would have probably sold yeah. it, I would have shipped at a million, so. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yep, that's uh, that's another good point. I mean, it just, uh, but it is. It's amazing how some of these older bands are just, uh, you know, going out there and doing stuff, and people are, and young people are are jumping on them too. I mean, it's just, uh, it's great to see that happen. Yeah, I know. It seems like for some reason Walmart has become the fountain of youth. ACDC sold, I think, a <laughs> million. Journey's album went to number one. The Foreigners got an album. Kisses going through Walmart. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Walmart. Yeah, I mean, who right, needs well, a big I, record label when you've got Walmart behind you? I mean, just, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You've got you've got to be able to give away a three CD set for ten bucks, but you know, they'll sell your T-shirt with it. Yeah, but I want to I want to I wanna thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. Um, again, yeah. your show is coming up on the twenty fourth. Uh, the Boo Cruise tickets through. I, I know Drewski Entertainment dot com has them. I'm guessing Ticketmaster. Or, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, the Gateway Clipper uh, website too. I think you can get them there as well. Okay, and how can people find more information about you? Do you have a website or a MySpace? Yeah, there's there's two websites. The, the official website is DonnieIris.com, and there's an unofficial website. There's um, a, a, a guy that has an unofficial site called Parallel Time. Right? It may be Parallel underscore Time dot com. Yeah. But uh, he's a, he's a he's a big fan, and we see him at all the shows all the time. Glenn is, is his first name. I can't remember Glenn's last name off the top of my head, but uh, good guy. He comes around to all the shows and started a website on us a long time ago, and he does a really nice job on that one, too. So, uh, you know, you can get a lot of information from him, too. But either of the two websites. Wonderful. Okay, and we wish you all the best of luck, and I thank you for taking the time to talk to me. All right, man. Thanks a lot for having me, John. And there you have it, uh, super nice guy to talk to, uh, really enjoyed that. Um, if you'd like to win tickets to see the October 24th Boo Cruise uh, with Donnie Iris aboard the Gateway Clipper, go to www.ironcityrocks.com and click on the link for the Donnie Iris tickets. Uh, fill out a form, we promise we won't sell your information to anybody. Um, take a chance to win those, and uh, we wish you luck. If you're a band interested in being featured on the show, you can use the contact link on ironcityrocks.com or on MySpace at myspace.com forward slash ironcityrock. Facebook, we're ironcityrocks, and uh, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Uh, best of luck, um, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and if you'd like to provide any feedback on iTunes, I would very much appreciate it. Thanks again for listening.